Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare. Who remembers the topic we started? I know the series is spiritual warfare, but who remembers the topic we started last week? Yeah, there you go, the weapons, the armor of God, right? The spiritual armor that God gives us. And what was it? You mentioned that too. What was the specific one? The belt of truth. We talked about the belt of truth last week. Uh, the truth of God's word and being honest with God, being honest with others. It's involved in the belt of truth that holds everything else together. Jeremy? The different armor pieces, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on it. We're going to talk about, we're going to try to be a little bit, uh, we're going to try to get through all that tonight and tomorrow, or uh, next week. So, but yeah, we talked about the belt of truth last week, which is the truth of God's word. Being honest with God and being honest with others. And like I said, that holds together the rest of God's armor. And tonight, we're going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. Who knows what righteousness is? Can anybody tell me what righteousness is? Hunter? What's that? Being Christ-like? That's one way to put it. Yep. Who else? What is righteousness? What does it mean to be righteous? Righteousness is uprightness, living, right, right living, integrity in your lifestyle and character, conforming not to our will, but to God's will. So that means shaping our will to match God's will, all right? That is righteousness, okay? The breastplate of righteousness is the application of God's word in your life. Applying the truth, the word of God, remember the belt of truth? So now we're taking that truth, the word of God, and we are applying it to our lives. It's the application of that truth throughout our everyday life, okay? Hunter, go ahead and throw that picture up there. Show me that armor. So when Paul's talking about the armor of God, I don't know if you can read it. Yeah, there we go. So we've got the belt of truth. See that cool belt down there? Holding the breastplate together, holding the, uh, the rest of that uniform together, and you can hook your weapons to the belt and everything else. Then we have the breastplate of righteousness. So what does that protect? What does the breastplate protect? Yeah, your torso, right? Your vital organs, your heart, okay? So if an enemy's coming at you, they're going to try to stab you through the stomach, they're going to try to stab you through the heart, you know what I'm saying? They're going to come across the body, they're just going to try to injure these vital areas, okay? So you bleed out so that you don't survive from your injuries, okay? We need the breastplate of righteousness to take those hits, all right? If we do not have the breastplate of righteousness, which, remember, is applying, living a righteous lifestyle, living in good character, following the word of God. So it's applying that truth of God's word to our everyday life. Applying God's word to our everyday life. Now, remember, last week we talked about, when we talked about the belt of truth, we talked about God's word. What does the enemy try to come and do? He tries to come and lie to you. Remember how he treated, how, what he did with Eve. God told Eve the truth. Here's what's going to happen if you eat of this tree. And what did the enemy come in and do? What did Satan come in and do? Satan came in and said, is that really going to happen? That's not going to happen. Here's what's really going to happen. So what did Satan do? He deceived Eve and she ate the apple. So if we do not know the truth of God's word, deception will come in. Not only does he deceive us and try to lie to us, but he attempts to bring condemnation and doubt 
and fear and all of these things, if we are not operating and applying God's truth in our lives, all of those hits are going to come right through. We're not wearing that armor. We're not wearing that breastplate. Uh, show that next picture, Hunter. This is an old school. This is armor back in the way back in the day. Now, here's soldiers wearing a little bit more current armor, okay? But if you'll notice, there are so many similarities, okay? He might have a lot more gadgets. There's more tech. Obviously, he's not carrying a sword and a shield. He's carrying a firearm, so he's able to attack from farther distances, right? Okay, so, so the weapons of our warfare are just a little bit different because of the modern-day modern, uh, modern day technology and all of that. However, look at all the similarities, okay? He's got a helmet. He's got a weapon. He's got underneath, you don't really notice it that much, but underneath that, he's got uh, an armor plate, a chest plate. A lot of soldiers have an armor plate in their back. They actually have metal that fits into their uniform in their back. I mean, these guys carry, gosh, probably like 100 pounds or something. I mean, just, it's nuts, man. At least 80 to 100 pounds worth of equipment to be ready for battle, all right? That's what God's desire for us is, to be ready for battle. And he's equipping us. Paul simply uses this illustration of armor to help us visualize and understand that the weapons of our warfare aren't just physical weapons. I should have brought my sword out. Aren't just physical weapons, okay? They are spiritual weapons that God gives us. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, okay? All right? So we have to put on that breastplate of righteousness, which is applying the word of truth in our lives. When doubt comes, when fear comes, when condemnation comes, and the enemy tries to attack you, let's say you slip up, you make a mistake. The enemy comes, you're supposed to be a Christian. And you failed. God doesn't love you anymore. How could God ever love somebody like you? Do you realize what you just did? Do you see these things that the enemy tries to hit you with and get you to doubt the truth? What does God's word say? God's word says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You do not have to live under condemnation. You do not have to live with the enemy whispering in your ear that you're worthless, whispering in your ear that you don't amount to anything, whispering in your ear that all you ever do is screw up and nobody likes you. How many of you have had that whisper in your ear? I did when I was a kid. I did when I was a kid. I got bullied in middle school and I felt worthless worthless. I remember on one, uh, on the way back from a basketball game, I was probably in maybe fifth or sixth grade. Some older kids were sitting behind me, and they were just horsing around. They were just messing around, jacking around, and I don't know if they took a shoestring. I don't know what it was, part of their backpack or what, but all of a sudden from over the seat, I see kind of out of my peripheral, I see hands come around, and it's dark in the bus, right? You see just the lights passing by from whatever, so it's pretty dark. And all of a sudden, this string or cord or something comes around my neck, and I hear laughing behind me, and I'm just trying to pull, you know? And it, after a minute or so, they let up, and they're laughing, having a good time, and I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh, like, what did I ever do to you? You know what I mean? Like, just, oh my gosh. And I remember hearing, I probably told you guys this before, walking out of the locker room one day after practice, and one of the older guys, he was probably in the, uh, a grade or two above me, um, just mentioned my name and named and said I was worthless. Nobody likes that kid. He's worthless. I overheard that as I'm walking. They thought I had left, and I overheard that. It echoed through the gym as I'm walking out. How do you think that makes you? How do you think that made me feel? Yeah, it made me feel that big. It made me feel like I was nothing. 
everybody, and I'm sure every one of you has a story similar to that, where somebody has made you feel worthless. Somebody has made you feel this big, like you amount to nothing. But what does God's word say? God's word says that you are loved. God's word says that you have the power of God on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit because you belong to him. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. When we apply those truths to our life, when we speak those truths out, we are putting on that breastplate and we are protecting ourselves from the condemnation and the doubts and the barbs that the enemy would try to fling against us. All right? We have got to remember to speak God's word into any situation that tries to come against us. Okay? So if you start hearing some of these things, if there are kids that are coming against you, if there are circumstances that are coming against you, if you feel like you're being you know, wrongly treated at school, or whatever the case is, whatever. And we could mention a thousand different examples, okay? You all are going through something different, all right? You all are living very different lives. We may be similar on the surface, okay? We all may be really good looking on the surface, but we're all dealing with stuff in our life, at home, at school, at work, in the deep, dark recesses of your mind that you think nobody knows about. God knows. God knows what you're going through. We have got to get into a habit of speaking God's word over our lives, applying the truth of the word of God to our lives and attacking what the enemy is trying to do. Because what did we talk about a couple weeks ago? We are not ignorant of his devices. We know exactly his tactics. We know the enemy will lie to us. He will deceive us. He will try to get us to doubt God's word. We know, we know what he tries to do. So when you feel some of that coming along, when you, when you kind of feel some of this happening, what do you need to do? You need to stand firm. Speak the word of God over your circumstance, over your situation, and destroy those weapons that the enemy is trying to, that he is forming against you. Because what does the Bible say? What does the word say? That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When you know that truth, you can smash a lot of weapons. Because our weapons, are bigger and stronger than any weapon the enemy could possibly have, but we have to know what they are. We have to understand God's armor and how it works in our lives. We have to apply it to our lives. You ever heard this? The best offense, or excuse me, the best defense is a good offense. Have you guys heard that? I'll tell you about a guy named Jack Dempsey. He's a boxer. Throw that image up, Hunter. He's a boxer from the 20s. Let me read you just a real quick. I got a little quick paragraph about him. Jack Dempsey, nicknamed Kid Blackie, the Manasseh Mauler. He was a world-famous boxer, a heavyweight champion. He was a professional boxer who competed from 1914, that was before you were born, from 1914 to 1927 and reigned as the world heavyweight champion from 1919 to 1926. That is seven years straight, heavyweight world champion. This dude was a monster, okay? A cultural icon of the 20s, the 20s, Dempsey's aggressive fighting style and exceptional punching power made him one of the most popular boxers in history. I got a quick video. It should play. We tested a little bit, didn't we, Hunter? Turn that up, if you will. And here they are in the ring. Burpo, the wild bull of the Pappas, in his corner. Jack Dempsey, the popular champion, brings a roar from the crowd. Both are calm, each confident he will come out the winner. Now they're just getting all the pleasantries before the fight out of the way. 
Now, when they start fighting, I want you to watch Jack Dempsey. Watch how he does it. use the loudspeaker system. He says, that's for sissies. He introduces Jack Dempsey. Now, Firpo is introduced to this huge crowd of 86,000 excited fight fans. The instructions by the referee, everyone is tense with excitement. Round one. Round one. Watch how he comes out. Dempsey doesn't wait to start. Boom! He's in there to make it short. You hear that? Dempsey in the white trunk. Firpo in the black. Look at him bobbing and weaving. Firpo's down. It was a lightning fast right to the body. He takes a three count. Look at him. All right, that's good. It's pretty much that until he knocks the dude out. I know, you want to see it. It's like an eight-minute long video. I just wanted to show you how he comes out. Now listen to this. Now listen to this. Riley, come here, buddy. Come here. I'm gonna... All right. Now, I fancy myself a world-famous boxer. No, I don't. Just joking. But I did do some boxing workout videos once, so I'm pretty good. Come here. All right. We're going to right in the middle so everybody can see, okay? Now, Riley's a pretty big dude, right? He's pretty formidable, okay? You got some poundage on me, right? You're, you're just, you're muscular, right? You're big bone. That's what I was all right, put your fist up. Now, so he's the opponent, okay? I'm the defending champion, all right? Now, did you catch what Jack Dempsey did, all right? Now, every fighter has their own style, okay? Some fighters will come out, and they'll just, what they'll do is they'll just wait. They'll wait. Throw some punches. Don't, no, don't be. Yeah, come on. Uh, all right. See, some fighters will wait. They'll bob and weave. They'll even let you get some good hits in, and they will try to wear you out. They will let you just wear out your energy, and then they'll take you down, right? What did Jack do? The mauler of Manasseh, what did he do? So the bell rings, and he comes out, boom, 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 boom. Oh, he's coming after him, right? He doesn't let him get in those first licks. He gets right to him, and he starts to, he starts to get in his head, all right? Now, who are you going to be? Are you going to be the Christian? Are you going to be the child of God, even though you are the defending champion because of who lives inside of you? Are you going to be the one that sits back? and just kind of takes it, are you going to come out swinging? Oh, see, you didn't pay attention. I could have knocked you out right there. Ready? All right, ready? You're going to come out. You're going to bob weave. You're going to pop some hits, right? You're going to get them, right? He came out swinging. He came out so aggressive that he would put the other guy back on his heels before he even knew what was coming. Thank you, bud. I appreciate that. I don't really want to knock you out. Your dad would fire me. Yeah, you probably would. You could probably handle yourself all right. But... This guy was so tenacious, so tenacious, that the Encyclopedia Britannica actually mentions this of him. Listen, constant attack was his strategic defense. Constant attack was his strategic defense. All right? Constant attack. He did not give his opponent the opportunity to recover fully. That is the way we are to be. We are to take the word of God, the truth, the belt of truth. We are to take God's word, the truth, what he says about us, what he says to us, what he gives everything, everything that he gives us, the weapons of our warfare, the truth of his word, our salvation, our healing, our prosperity, all of it, all of these things that he gives us, and we need to take it to the enemy. We don't let him bring it to us. We stand and we fight. 
The best defense is a good offense. If you come out swinging hard and you start confessing, you, from the moment you get up in the morning, you're confessing God's word. You are putting on that belt of truth. You are fastening that breastplate and applying God's word to your life each and every day. You are coming out swinging. So whatever happened to you the day before, you're like, uh-uh. Whoever said anything about me yesterday, it don't matter. I know what God says about me. I got this grade on the test, and I thought I was treated or graded unfairly by my teacher or maybe graded unfairly by my coach because I didn't cut it during practice or I didn't make the team or whatever, and I feel like I'm being like targeted or against you know what? Uh-uh, I know what God says about me. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to fight my battle. I'm going to keep on punching. Do not give the enemy the opportunity to recover and lob another punch. You take it to him. You push him back. Put him on his heels because that's where he already is. Jesus has already defeated Satan. Jesus has already paid the price. Jesus has already claim the victory and he's given that victory to us we own it because of what he did not because of anything that we did but because of what he has done we simply are blessed to be able to receive that victory we are the reigning heavyweight champions because of Christ Jesus because of what Jesus did on the cross for us because the punishment he took for us we are the reigning champions. So when you go out, when you wake up in the morning, when you step out of that bed, walk like a champion. Come out swinging. If you need to, and man, I would highly encourage this. I think mean, this will be a help for all of us. Put some scriptures on your mirror. Put some scriptures on your bedroom door. Put some scriptures anywhere you can. And speak them over yourself each and every day. I love this. I have this sitting up here, and I don't think that I've, I don't think I've ever read it to you guys. This is something that I try to pray over you guys as often as I think about it. I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning, showing good judgment and knowing Him personally. Your eyes are focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is He is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity, the incredible scale of the glorious way of life that He has for His children. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy and boundless strength in the name of Jesus. Now, that would be a good scripture for you to have on your mirror and for you to speak over yourself and you come out swinging. Don't be that schlub that kind of sits back and takes the hits and hopes that he can outlast his opponent. No, you come out swinging, you put him back on his heels, you ring his bell and take him out with the word of God, with that truth. You put on that truth. You put on that breastplate by applying that truth in your life, by walking in righteousness, by living an upright lifestyle, by following the word of God. I'm going to give you two examples before we wrap up. Who knows, who remembers King Saul? This is Old Testament. Who remembers King Saul? Most of you do, right? We've talked about him before. King Saul was the first king of Israel. And this is a big deal because before Saul... Israel simply had prophets and judges, and then they had, they had Moses, okay? Uh, so before the judges, they had Moses, and then they had Joshua, and then came the judges. There was a period there where there was just kind of just, kind of everybody was doing their own thing, right? So 
God, everybody was crying for a king. Give us a king, give us a king. We want a king to rule over us like the other nations that we see, which was totally not God's plan. However, sometimes God gives us the desires of our heart and lets us come running to him crying later. Does that make sense? It's, 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 anyway, God basically says, this isn't my best for you, but because this is what you're begging for, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. This is, this is a slap in my face, but here you go. Here's a king, and let me tell you what's going to happen when you start having kings. And he lays out the list. Anyway, anyway, I digress. So King Saul's the first king of Israel, right? Starts off pretty good. He's a pretty formidable guy, strong, a pretty good leader. Uh, starts off great. God gives him, he's getting ready to go, I want you guys to focus here, all right? He gives him a task. He's going, Saul is leading his men out to battle, leading the army of Israel out to battle, okay? And, and that, at that time, before a king could take his army out to battle, before they could start the fight, I should say, they, the, the prophet had to come and offer a sacrifice. You guys know the sacrifice? You offer sacrifice to God, cleanses. Uh, sh uh, uh, show your appreciation to God. It's an act of obedience, and it's an act of, of cleansing, okay? We won't go into the whole sacrificial system. I can talk to you guys about that later, or if you have any questions about that, catch me after service. But God commanded him, the prophet will come and offer a sacrifice. You don't go anywhere or do anything until that's done. So Saul knew the truth. He knew what he had to do. He was given a command, right? The prophet was running behind. Samuel was running behind. Saul was getting scared. His men are like, uh, where's he at? Here's this huge army. We're, uh, we're, we're getting a little nervous here. So Saul starts to get afraid. He's a, he, he, he wants to please the men, please his army. He wants, to, he, he, he wants to kind of do the right thing, but he doesn't go about it the right way. He ends up doing the sacrifice himself. He ends up offering the sacrifice himself. Shortly thereafter, Samuel gets there and says, what have you done? You knew what you were supposed to do, and you did the opposite. You did not apply the truth to your life. And what happened? God took, not right away immediately, but God basically took the throne away from him and gave it to David. David was the second king of Israel, okay? So God took the throne away from Saul, and if you'll notice, if you, as you read through 1st and 2nd Samuel, Saul was essentially terrorized by demonic spirits for the rest of his life. He was no longer a good leader. He was, he was anxious. He was uh, 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 um, not nervous, but um, suspicious of everybody, okay? David, who was like a son to him, when he realized that David was next, that, that God had placed his, his glory, his mantle onto David to receive the, the throne to be the king, Saul just lost it. I mean, he literally lost it. Tried to kill David. I mean, just was chasing his chasing David and his men down, the people that were loyal to David. I mean, it was nuts. This guy just went off the, off the rails quick. So we see that that's what happened. Now, that was Old Testament. You're like, well, Matt, that was Old Testament. It was a long time ago. Let me give you another example. Let me give you an example from the New Testament. We see Peter, all right, a very outspoken guy, sometimes tripped over his words and sometimes got out ahead of himself. Jesus on the boat says, who, who do people say that I am? Some say this, some say that. Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are Christ, son of, the, son of the living God. And Jesus says, boy, Peter, you're my boy. Way to go, man. The Spirit of God has revealed that to you. That was not, you didn't know that on your own. The Spirit of God revealed that to you. So there, and there's Peter. He knows the truth. He knows who Jesus is. And then as Jesus is walking along, he's opening up his disciples, and he says, here's what's going to have to happen. We're on our way to Jerusalem. 
I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be captured, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be uh, uh, crucified, and this is what has to happen. Then what does Peter do? Peter knows who he is. Peter knows the truth, and yet he did not apply it. What does he do? He tries to talk Jesus out of it. He says, Jesus, no, do not let that happen, never. And what did Jesus respond with? He rebuked him, and he said, get away from me, Satan. He knew that, through, that Satan, through Peter, was trying to bring in doubt and trying to bring, bring something against the plan of God that Jesus was headed toward, okay? So if we do not apply, rightly apply the word of truth, we do not rightly apply God's word and his promises to our life, if we don't speak them out, if we don't put on that breastplate of righteousness, the enemy is going to come at us with condemnation, doubt, fear, insecurity, depression. We have got to learn to speak the word of truth and apply it to our lives each and every day. So I want you to do that. I want you to do that with me. As we worship together, worship team, you guys can head up. Everybody stand up. As we worship tonight, I want you to worship from the position of victory. I want you to know where you stand. And I want you to make the decision tonight that you are going to come out swinging every single day. That you're going to take the truth of God's word. You are going to apply it to your life. You're going to speak it over your life. You are going to walk in God's will. And you can find his will in his word. Hey guys, I want you to focus. I don't want you to be distracted. I want you to understand that this is literally life and death. I want you to know and understand that God loves you more than you could possibly fathom or imagine. And it's because he loves you that he gives you this armor. It's because he loves you that he gives you this battle plan. It's because he loves you that he doesn't want to see you knocked out and taken down. It's because he loves you that he gave Jesus to the world. He sent Jesus to be the once-for-all sacrifice for us. We would not have this armor were it not for Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. We would not have this armor were it not for Jesus, were it not for Jesus and the fact that he rose again from the dead. We would not have this armor were it not for the fact that not only did Jesus die and pay the price for our sins, not only did he conquer death, hell, and the grave and rose again on the third day, but he also sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us to empower us, to embolden us, to walk in truth, to walk in the righteousness of Christ. That's our armor. That's our breastplate. God has given us a battle plan. God has given us armor. And we're going to talk next week and in in a week or two after about these, the next couple pieces. We're going to talk next week about uh, 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 the, the shoes of the gospel. We stand on a firm foundation of the gospel. We have this armor because God has given us a battle plan. He has given you everything that you need to live a victorious life, to fight, and to come out every single day swinging. And now we can watch videos from champion boxers, and we can watch Jack Dempsey and how he comes out lightning quick and takes on his opponents, man, with blunt force. 
and they don't even see it coming. That's the way God wants us to be. He wants us to come out swinging every day. And if you've got to put up scriptures on your mirrors, if you've got to, man, if you've got to spend time in his word, which you should, every single morning before you start your day, do it. Because the last thing I want for you, my brothers and sisters, is for you to look back in 20 years and realize you have wasted your time. God wants more for you than that. He loves you and desires awesome things for you, and he has provided you armor to protect you on your journey. He's provided you armor and a battle plan so that you can bring the fight to the enemy and speak God's word to the enemy and watch that enemy crumble and run every time. Every time. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. This isn't resisting. This is resisting. And he will flee from you every single time. So as you worship tonight, know who you are, who you belong to, and what he wants you to do.